Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about problematic content in your game? Are you asking me for explicit consent about that? Uh Uh-huh. Good idea. Welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am one of your hosts. My name is Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And tonight's topic comes to us from a listener and longtime friend of Phil's, Craig, the Lord of One Name. Craig emailed us to ask. Hey, Senda and Phil. Could you share your thoughts on safe ways to write and carry out prejudice? such as race, sex, religion, misogyny, etc., in a game setting? Aside from the stereotypical good versus evil, or maybe royalty looking down its nose at plebes, I don't play with prejudice in my games, and I often feel it could add a certain depth or realism in some situations. I don't think it'd ever allow PCs to act with prejudice, as it could risk damaging a relationship outside the game. Yeah, so this is a heavy and very complex topic. Yeah, so first things first, I'm going to totally agree with you that you shouldn't let PCs uh, run around being prejudiced. There's no good from that. Like, no good's going to come from allowing that to happen. So your instincts are dead on about that. Now, Senda's right. This is a heavy and complex topic. It is actually one that we've talked about before back in episode 78 when we talked about edge play, and that is putting things that could be potentially harmful into your uh, into your games. And we did actually touch on prejudice, but we're going to do it again, right? Yeah, we're totally going to do it again. Um, we're going to do it a little bit more specifically, and we're going to do it as carefully as we can. So, As a warning, neither of us are experts in problematic content itself, but we are feeling pretty good about being pretty established in safety, which is the core of this actual topic, right? So we're going to look at this from two perspectives, those being when you are setting up your campaign and then when you are actually in play. Yeah. So let's be clear that this topic is best for short campaign or long campaign play. It is not a thing we recommend you do for one shots. You have a way higher risk of having a problem, alienating somebody, etc. if you do this in a one shot. And we will add one more caveat to this, which is we are having this conversation with the assumption that there is a good reason for you to be looking to include this content, that it will actually um, expand and round out your game, that you're looking for a specific experience, and not that you're just like, let's just put this in because it'll be cool. Uh, like, <laughs> it'll be fun to call women names in this in this. Yeah, campaign. like we're assuming, right. we, we are coming at this from the perspective that we are assuming you have a good reason to want to experience this and play with it in your games. Anyway, with all that out of the way, Phil... Can you start us in with a definition? Yeah, for tonight, we're going to keep our definition tight. We're going to refer to problematic content. It's basically some sort of ism, right? Sexism, racism, those kinds of things. Ultimately, this is the kind of content that in real life winds up hurting people, excluding people, uh, limiting people, etc. Right? Like, while we are typically light and bubbly on the show, this kind of content can actually be 
uh, very harmful. So again, what Senda said about assuming positive intent that you want this in your game for a positive reason, like you are looking to explore this topic or the struggle against it, that kind of thing. Yes. So be very careful. Yeah. Now, when it comes to this kind of problematic content, so these kinds of prejudices, they in game as in real life can appear in a number of different ways. Yeah. So you can get laws or culture or religion kind of prejudices, right? A law that prevents dwarves from being able to own lands in a specific kingdom, mm-hmm. for example. Yep. It can be a general attitude about people, right? Like the towns, people are distrustful of having an elf in their town uh, and they're being rude to the elf. Yeah. Um, It could be a communication thing, right? So the crew of the ship uses a derogatory term for halflings, even when halflings are present, including perhaps your PCs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then lastly, uh, there's violence. So townspeople could throw rocks at, uh, at a dragonborn who's entered the town or threatened to burn down the hotel that they're staying in. Yeah. So with that kind of set up as some basic ideas of what we're, what we're talking about, let's talk about some tips for incorporating this content into your games. Mm-hmm. So from the campaign setup side, I want to bring up three, three points that I think are really important. Uh, so the first one is, um, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying before, uh, you need to define what problematic content you want in your game. So you should be very specific and say, like, you are looking for um, a particular type of content rather than just saying, hey, let's let's be prejudiced in this game. Um, because what happens is if you are not being specific, you are kind of opening the door to problematic behavior. And then this is going to be a lot harder to keep safe because mm-hmm. if, if you've kind of just opened the door to it, you really don't know what's coming next. So be very specific. So for instance, we are playing a, we are playing a detective murder mystery in the 19, the late 1980s. And the content that we want to explore is homophobia because it's like during the AIDS epidemic And uh, people, you know, our stories about our story in some way has something to do with the gay community and AIDS at the time. And we want to go explore that topic. Right. That's very that's very specific. Now, by that point in the 80s, of course, there were other types of prejudice, but we're closing those off to just explore this one thing. Okay, so keep it tight for what your problematic content is. Okay, the next thing is total group consent. So a lot of times when we're setting up our campaign, we throw out ideas and we ask, you know, we ask the table, like, are people cool with this? You know, like, hey, are people cool if we have, you know, green dragons in our game? And a lot of times we go with like majority rules, right? Right. So most people say they're cool with green dragons in the game. A few people aren't, but like we ultimately go with green dragons. When we're talking about problematic content, 100% group consent. Yes. And and we mean enthusiastic consent, as in people are not just going along with this idea, but that they're, that they're like, yes, this would be an interesting topic to explore. Yes, I understand that there could be some safety issues, but I'm willing to take that risk to have this kind of experience. Yes. And if one person in the group is not comfortable with it, you can't go forward. Mm-hmm. Right? So just it's a mm-hmm. no-go, because this is the kind of thing where if you plow through somebody's going to get hurt. Yes. 
Okay. Last one is during your campaign setup, set up lines and veils. So what, um, you know, I think we've taught, you know, we've talked about lines and veils before, but again, lines, things that are absolutely not in the game veil, things that we want to kind of pull the camera away from when they happen, build those lines and veils about your problematic content. What things do we not, do we not want to see? Maybe we don't want violence. Right. In the game that we're, you know, if it's if it's cultural, if it's attitude, um, if it's even language and communication, that's OK. But we're going to draw the line at violence like we're not going to have anyone attack anyone. Right. right. Um, and maybe if it is verbal or something, we're going to veil some of that or something. And you're going to talk a little bit about that in game. Yes. Yep. Um, in a minute. So set your lines and veils. And so ultimately what I'm saying for campaign prep is have a very specific content you want to in, in, you want to put in, put some boundaries around it and get total group consent. And that's going to get you a good setup for how to go into exploring this. But your work is not done. Uh, and for that, I'm going to kick it over to Senda, who's going to give you three tips for what to do once you are in play. Yes, because as Phil said, your work is not done. So the first thing that I'm going to bring up is um, bracketed words, which is a tool that Jason Pitt invented to convey something without actually having to say it. Because there are plenty of things that we could say at the table that are truly offensive and whether you're saying it in game or not you have the potential to hurt someone so like just don't say it but you can create the experience of rebelling against something or playing with that game or or playing against those stereotypes in whatever time period you're in whatever that good reason is that you have for wanting to include those that content in this game you can still experience that what you do is instead of actually saying the words or the slur or whatever you just say slur, or you say racial joke, or you say sexist term of endearment, right? So players can fill in what you mean from that context without anybody actually having to use words that can really, you know, truly hurt people, right? We can get the sense of it, and we can still play through that experience without really having to jump in there, right? Also, it has the bonus effect of if you're playing in public or if you're at home and there are other people around, kids, for example, and you are using this tool, you will also prevent others from overhearing something that they could take as offensive as well. Just remember that the people who are not involved directly in the game have not consented to whatever you are doing, right? And so if you're just throwing stuff around at your table, the, the other people in that game cafe or at that convention have not consented to be part of that, right? So just be aware when we're talking about consent, we're talking about consent of like everyone. <laughs> okay, good. Having cleared that. Um, so bracketed words are great. I would say that I think that's probably the tool that Phil and I would most highly recommend because you don't actually have to say the things. And maybe if when you're discussing lines and veils, maybe there are things that you are comfortable with and then things that will be veiled out and bracketed, right? Like when Phil does action movie world and it's very 80s, he will, you know, say, hey, is it okay if I use these words? Like cupcake and sweetie or whatever you know <laughs> like no and, th and that's i mean that's absolutely yeah. true right like like the the time that you're referring to is we were playing the 80s cop yes drama and yep. um it of course was going to have some level of sexism it's the early 80s it's a problem it's a problematic time for 
you know, problems with sexism. And I established the level of, I will say, no worse than cupcake. Yeah. To be my derogatory term. And and there were women at the table and actually ex- explicitly consented the entire table, but with an emphasis on, I believe it was you and Ange, and I asked you and Ange yep. first yep. if that was okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you can you can do that too, and if you had wanted to say something worse, you could have said, you know, sexist slur, whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? So you yep. can mix that together if you have like mild things that like start, you know, to get the idea across. Do, that's that's a lines and veils discussion to have with your table. Anyway, so the the next thing is of course to use an in game safety tool, because and and. We always recommend doing this, but it's even more important in this scenario because you know that you're playing along the edges of safety, right? So even though you did all that due diligence setting up the game, you have to have a way that people can revoke consent mid-game, right? So it could be any of the standard tools that you like. It could be an X card. It could be script change. It could be the OK check-in. It could be a combination of the above. But you have to have a way that someone can say in the middle of the game, oh, gosh, I thought this was going to be OK, but it's not. And it has to be a way that they feel comfortable expressing that in the game so that you can actually stop and fix things, right? And then the last one is to perform check-ins. So even with the lines and veils and even with the safety tools on the table, you still need to make sure that everyone is okay. And that's an active, an active check-in on anybody's part at the table, right? To make sure that everyone is still cool now that something has actually happened. So you do this during the game. Um, if some of the content has come up, like, okay, is everybody still cool with how this is going? And you can also do it between game sessions to make sure that everyone is still okay later with anything that came up, right? Because you can realize later that you're super uncomfortable with something and you may not have realized it in the moment or you may not have felt comfortable to say anything in the moment, but, you know, maybe, you know, when somebody emails later the next day or something's like, hey, everybody's still cool with that game? thing that happened then you might be like that one thing can we make sure that never comes up again right mm-hmm. and Absolutely. you have to have uh, enough trust and culture of safety at the table that everybody feels comfortable to say that and then if somebody says that it's not a problem and it's not going to be something that like ostracizes them or something right anyway uh, I have a lot of I have a lot more feelings about safety, but I think in brief that gives you maybe a starting point on um, actually having problematic content in the game itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I hope those are some good tips. I hope that you put them, um, if you're interested in doing this, I hope that you put them to use. And I, I just recommend, I think, as we mentioned in this entire segment, go slow. There's no metal for j- diving into this you know, head first or full tilt, a little will go a long way in your game. Um, It can be a very useful, it can be a very useful tool and a way to explore certain types of content in your game. So if, if that is a thing, like you want to play in a certain time setting because you know that it will be, it has some inherent difficulties, those kinds of things there, you know, it can help to add that kind of realism, but Um, above everything else always put the safety of your table yourself and your players uh, first right 
And um, I will say one last thing on this, which is that I think that Phil and I, I think, I think that I speak for both of us when I say that we truly believe in the power of games to build empathy. And mm-hmm. so being able to play with problematic content like this is one of the ways that we can really do that. Just like Phil just said, the safety of the, your table and the people at that table come before everything else, before the game, before the story, all of that. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. All right, good. Slightly heavy topic, but um Yep. I I you know, think we uh I think we did a decent job addressing it. Yep. And now, would you like to find out what ha- what happens to Anadara? <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, well, there was a uh, some sort of tentacle wrapped around my ankle, and I am now being, you know, I'm under the icy water being dragged downward, I assume. Uh, yeah, not good. No. Um, Camera shot of, like, the light retreating upwards as I frantically flail and continue to be dragged downwards. What are you doing? So you were trying to open the door, and yep. something wrapped around your leg and pulled you under. So yes. yes, what is what is it you're doing as you're being pulled under at this moment? Oof. So I I think I think what I'm doing is I am desperately trying to swim as hard as I can back upwards because I can still see against the 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 dim glow of the ceiling. I can Oh, there is no ceiling in this room, right? It's just open. Uh no, there's there's ceilings in parts. It's open in others. Okay. So yeah. Well, but so against the light of the the sky coming in, right? I can see where the door is and I'm trying to kick and swim upwards as strongly and mightily as I can. Okay. Um well, that is definitely a defy danger. Uh-huh. Strength. Uh, and with strength, you said <laughs> you said strongly and mightily. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Eight. Uh, okay, cool. On a seven to nine, um, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. Um, <laughs> so you begin to swim up. You begin to swim up, and you gain... Like you start getting closer to the top and whatever is wrapped around you kind of readjusts its grip and in doing so snags your backpack of adventuring gear. I knew you were going to say that. So you could, you could get back up on the ice if you are willing to just kind of lose your adventuring gear. No. So at this point I want to stab it. Okay, so so it can uh, it can drag me back down. All right, so it does. It it grabs you and drags you back down, uh, and you're going to turn and stab it. Yeah. So basically, it's the visual is me swimming hard, swimming hard, swimming hard. It readjusts. I feel it start to take the bag, and then I just stop swimming, and instead I have my rapier and I try to like bring it down right into the tentacle thing. Okay, definitely hack and slash. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, with with strength? No, it doesn't even matter. Uh, it would be with strength. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that ends up being a five plus one is a six. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die. Well, I'm going to die in this stupid lake. <laughs> oh, look, that gets me to seven experience. <laughs> well, you're getting closer if you survive. <laughs> if I live through it. All right. Yeah. So as Damn. you're struggling, as you're struggling with it, it releases a chilling shock. Oh, God. It's like an icy, it's like both shocking and icy at the same time. Uh-huh. You're going to roll a D8 damage and ignore D8 armor. Eight and ignore armor. Ah, <sighs> oh, I got a three. I thought it was an eight for a second. All right, so you two are still tangled under the water, and it is getting perilous. Um, it is getting perilous. I'm so now. I'm. I'm basically. I'm starting at this point to just flail at it um, with the rapier, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm gonna try and hit it again. Like I just got. I'm. I'm at this point just like curled over, just like trying to slash, slash, okay. slash. Yep. <sighs> Jesus. Oh, that it's strength, right? Yes. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Yay. Uh, okay. Um, yep. It's so, better. It's better. I rolled another six. So you know what? Uh, yep. So you're going to deal damage and you're going to deal damage to your enemy and the enemy may make an attack against you. Okay. Okay. So first of all, deal your damage. Okay. Roll high. Seven. No, four. Okay. So you do slash at it. It is going to attack again, so uh, mm. another D8. Ignore armor. Five. Ouch. I'm hurting. I'm hurting okay. a lot. <laughs> do you want to... What are you What are you doing next? Let's see. I did hurt it. So, I mean, to be honest, you could continue fighting. You could attempt to break away from it again. Oh, that's true. Maybe I will do that. So what I'm going to do is, I, yeah, I'm going to maybe just reach down and try and rip it off my ankle. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Okay. So are, uh, are, you going, are you going for strength again? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. You're going to defy danger. Yes. <sighs> Nine. <laughs> uh, all right. I can't quite get out of here, but. <laughs> okay. So um, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch, right? You can get out of this, but you're going to mark the minus one. You see the little box under your constitution? Uh-huh. Yeah. What does that say? It says sick. Yeah. You're going to mark that. Like, so you can get away, but like you've really, you've really, you've really overextended yourself. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so tell me, tell me how you get out. Tell me how you get out of the water. Right. Um, so I like pull it off finally and then swim upwards. And then basically like my, my arms like go flap, flap over the door. And there's just like a <gasps> gasp. And like a second where I'm just there in the water, just like breathing air. And then I realize that I'm, you know, neck deep in frozen water. 
And <laughs> so from there, I'm just going to paddle as fast as I'm just going to kick and paddle my way back up to the ice. I'm going to try to. Well, get, where you wait, were, wait, was, where the door it was. me off. That's true. I'm trying to. Yeah, the, you were right at the door. You were just trying to get the door open. Right. So that is um, that so, is still the obstacle in front of you. Okay, so I'm going to climb back up on my floating door. Yep. <laughs> I, to be clear, to be clear, just so that just so that we are narratively correct, you had actually gotten the door from the water onto the ice by the door. Okay. So it, it was it's it's actually off. more stable. Yeah. Okay. It had it had like leapt up, right? Caught your ankle and pulled you off. Right. So okay. When you climb back out, like you like once you like climb and pull your body out onto the door, like you are out of the water. Yes. Freezing. And there's ice underneath. You're freezing. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's still the door that was stuck from before. Right. So um, my question to you. Yes. Is what do you do? Yeah. I tried to pick this lock before and it went really badly for me. <laughs> That's how we ended up in this situation. So let me think about this for a second. I am I'm not actually particularly well equipped for. I really do think that the first thing I need to do is get out of this room before I can do anything else for myself. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to be in here with those slimy, yucky things. So you know what I'm going to actually do? Now that I'm at the door again, I'm going to very carefully stand up, balancing my weight on my raft door thing. And I just want to, like, kick the crap out of this door in front of me. Okay. So you're, uh, you're again, this will be another defy danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you do not have the specific, you do not have the specific move from the uh, fighter playbook of Ben Barr's Liftgates. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Defy Danger Strength. Okay. Jeebus. It's a seven. Okay. That's <laughs> not bad. Okay. Let's see. So you're, you lay into the door. You can definitely get through this door. Yeah, I think I'm just going to bash you up a little and take the minus one to your, to your decks. Oof. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> You ba- you basically uh, you you can do it, but between the ice, the hard door, and everything else, like you turn your ankle. Okay. In doing this. Okay. And then you kind of like ungracefully spill out into the hallway. Uh huh. In a kind of wet heap, and as you do, you see the door like something bites the door and pulls the door back into the water. And that's where we'll stop. That's a good place to stop. I thought you were going to be, I thought you were going to be, how many hit points do you have left? Yeah, I'm hurting. Well, I have, I have 16 hit points left. Oh, you've got a lot of hit points left. I'm okay, but I started with 26. So like, I'm getting pretty beat up. Excellent. So, in our next segment, we'll find out what what perils lie ahead. But in the meantime, we do need to shut this whole thing down. So, to get us started, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. 
Yeah, so on the lounge, Doc finds the best, the brightest, the most fun game designers and sits down to have a cool chat with them. You never know what conversation is going to come up in the lounge. Alrighty, that brings us to the end of the show. And the way we always start this is we start with the following question. Say, Senda, where can people find us on the internet? <laughs> well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can, for a much shorter period of time than expected at this point, find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community. And if you prefer, you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, by all means, send us topics. Um, we love topics in every form imaginable. Like we said before, we're, we're, we're doing those two points of view. So send us your topics. If you have two points of view you want to hear it on, that's great. If you don't, don't worry. We'll figure it out. We're pretty smart like that. <laughs> if it's uh, send us your topics about uh, game design, about GMing, about running games. If you have any specific questions about the AP, send some questions, you know, send that, send us those as well. Um, we love to talk about the things that you are interested in uh, hearing. So please do that. And what else can people do with our social media information? Well, you can also send us your table selfies. So the next time you are sitting down at a table with those awesome folks to play an awesome game, I'm going to take one right now. Say hi, Phil. Click. <laughs> take a table selfie, post it on the social media of your choice, and hashtag it table selfie, and we will swing by and like it because we love to see what you guys are playing, especially through the holidays. It's tricky to get people together. Absolutely. If you like what we're uh, doing here elsewhere on the Mr. Mark Network, you can go and support our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of goodies. So many um, things. So many goodies. Access to um, the bonus outtakes from this show, which, whew, <laughs> well, you'll hear. Um <laughs> You'll get access to the Misdirected Mark after show. You will get access to the Slack Room for Life. You will get the occasional goodie that gets put out by uh, by Encoded Designs. Sometimes backers like mysteriously get like whole games and stuff. Yeah. Just because we love you guys. Yep. That, you know, we like to do that as well. Uh, we also like to shout out to some of our patrons. Like a quick shout out. Three shout outs tonight. Mike Dinos. The Inquisitor of the Mark. Thanks, Mike. Camden Wright. Welcome to the 716. Yeah, the uh, Schrodinger's Camden. And Blaze Bear, thank you so much. Thank you. All the ones we named and all the ones we didn't for your continual support. And finally, what is a thing somebody can do that hasn't been done in a while that makes us happy like pandas getting a bamboo Christmas tree for Christmas? What? <laughs> well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get actually really does help new people find the show. So if you leave one, it makes us super duper happy. If you leave it somewhere else other than the U.S. store... You know, let us know, because we'd love to see it. And uh, thank you so much, everybody who already has. So, Phil, show me how you are going to deal with those problematic issues in your next 80s game.
This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. There we go. Check, 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 check. Okay, I got waveforms. You got waveforms? I got waveforms. You got waveforms. We've got waveforms. Who could podcast anything more? No, then we're done. All right, good. Hang it up. <laughs> Hang it up. I'm going to go to bed early. <laughs> see what, I know. See my, alarm is, my alarm is set for 5.30 tomorrow morning, so. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll be making breakfast by that time. I know. So, yeah. All righty. So, uh, we're back. Um, Hi. Howdy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm supposed to tell you. Um, I think I'm supposed to mention pizza bagels, right? That was on the notes of things we were going to talk about. <laughs> the pizza bagels were on the no- what, what? 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 What about the pizza bagels? My caramel folks. My caramel folks. I'm going to give the C. Give them the C right here. My caramel folks. <laughs> they know my heroes. My heroes got the best pizza bagels. Um, they actually weren't actually really good. They were actually pretty awful. Um, <laughs> they were. They were right. Pizza bagels. Are you games? Are you high school? You just catching up? Yeah. Bloop. My heroes was a dive restaurant <laughs> when I was a teenager that was next to my high school, where it was full of arcade games and it sold basically candy soda and the only thing that you could eat for lunch, which was pizza bagels. I think they actually made sandwiches, but that was even scarier than the pizza bagels. That and I say scarier because at least the pizza bagels had to be microwaved. So there was they like, had to be heated. Yeah, some, yeah, there was some confidence that <laughs> that it was, you know, at least sterile when you ate it. Um, <laughs> but they literally were microwave. So it was a bagel uh, with some sauce on it, uh, a piece of mozzarella cheese and like a couple of pieces, like a big honking thing of like a big circle of pepperoni and then like tossed in the microwave, microwaved and then served. And then like that and a Coke was two dollars. So it was like super squishy. Uh huh. Yeah, it was squishy and hot, hot, squishy, squishy. Um, You said caramel a lot, and it's making me go Carvel. Yeah, that's. I I mean, that's different, right? Because with that, that we actually had a taste of. I mean, you could get Carvel (laughs) in the town of Carmel. There was a Carvel. There was a Carvel shop. Um, Right. But yeah, that's um, you could tell the difference, right? Because they, they, you know, it was funny. We watched those videos, and they kept going about like custard with no air in it. Yeah, and I was like, yes, I was like, I don't know, Carvel. is that some sort of breath play kind of thing? But whatever. <laughs> it was really weird. But, the ads were really weird, whispery things. But as it turned out, when we got the ice cream, like I was like, oh, you could totally tell like, how smooth it is, right? Like yeah, less this is air. Actually, different. Yeah, that was, less air. That, for people who are trying to keep track, that was um, during our um, outing to the container store. Yes, we also went and got Carvel ice cream, which is apparently a thing. We got burgers it's- and ice cream that day. Bloop. Anyway, uh, yeah, so anyway, the pizza bagel, that was a thing, because that came up when I was making them uh, over the weekend. Pizza, pizza bagel. Picture young Phil in a denim jacket, like heading into this like this like little dive restaurant to eat his pizza bagel, and then uh, take his fistful of quarters and go play some video games before having to run back down to go to class. Like that was, 
That's uh, the deal, that's huh? like 15 and 16 year old Phil that, right there, summed up. Bloop. Well, so anyway, now you have a Camden. Uh, I don't know if I do. I I, I have no, you, seen. You, I have you as Buffalo. You have acquired a Camden. No, no. I I hear that that's the case, but I have not actually. Um, I've not had any contact, so um, it's like Schrodinger's Camden, right? Okay, so, that's that's fair. So Schrodinger's Camden. He may be in Buffalo, or he <laughs> could be anywhere else in the U.S. until I actually see him in Buffalo. <laughs> right. So good. Bloop. Do you wanna? Do you wanna meow? Do I wanna meow? I wanna yawn. No, that doesn't help us start the show. No. Oh. You sure? It could help us end the show. <laughs> I'm trying to get the show started. The show's just outtakes. So it's just six minutes just... of outtakes. No show. <laughs> We're done. This is basically, if we did that, I would just be like, drop this in the bonus outtake feed and then just don't do a show. <laughs> drop this in the bonus outtakes. Drop the mic. We are out. All right. Now we can do it. Punch. Bloop. Oh, I anyway. hate these earbuds. Oh, I'm so sorry. They they were like literally made for like somebody who like they didn't like ears like if, <laughs> if they created a set of earbuds like purposely for people who like <laughs> like who didn't like ears like <laughs> okay all right well that well you'll find that in the bonus outtakes that's meow. the only place where that's going meow meow. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the hell <laughs> there's a face that goes with that last one do that one again <laughs> yes <laughs> like, like a yeah, my, my cat used to do that like when he was annoyed right <laughs> like yeah i know the sound yeah. yeah he just like that was the that was the i'm i'm not happy human like <laughs> wow bonus outtakes really we i was trying to like you tried meowing, but you meowed like six times. You need to meow like one time. Meow. <laughs> the idea is you're supposed to meow. It's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a pause so you know where to start editing. But like you meowed like seven times. Meow. All right, look. Shh. Be quiet for a second. Shh. Shh. It's okay. Shh. You're not helping. Do you want to just drink some of that fizzy water at the same time? <laughs> You want to double? Know what? You want to double no, no. down on your editing for the? <laughs> I finished it already. Oh man, somebody! All my burps are out. I already need, burped them all. You're up. gonna need Margaret to help They're with this. They're already burped. I know. Me and Margaret are like gonna be the drunk editors. Future Senda and Margaret <gasps> editing together. Bloop. All right. Meow. Are, are we ready? <laughs> I don't you, you're just like randomly meowing. I just keep trying. All right, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna. You know what? I'm taking over. Okay. I'm taking over. You Shh. Sh- oh wow! Fail. <laughs> I need a cup of tea now. Talk too much. Damn it. I failed at meowing. This show's never started. 13 minutes of outtakes so far. What the F? It's going to be 15 by the time you get it together. <laughs> okay. I'm, no, I'm together. See, it's still at 13. All right. Meow. Meow. Bloop. <laughs> Damn it. Because <laughs> you have to open the show. The 
that first like, line is in he's red. There looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> we're not having a show tonight. That's what's happening. We're having out we're having outtake night. Cue music. I should have just asked you. Going to talk about isms all night long. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I should have asked for your consent to the music. That's what I should have done. Yes. And tonight's topic comes to us from a listener and longtime friend of. And tonight's topic. <laughs> okay. Wow. Hundred and twenty minute episode for thirty minutes of content. Here we go. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Okay. Bloop. Well, gonna start with the list that we had, and I think it's gonna go something like this. Cupcake, what you got? Cupcake, what you got? <laughs> Cupcake, what you got? Wow, okay. Cupcake, what you got? Bloop. All right, you ready to blow out of here? Yeah, yeah, we can blow out of here. Unless, All right. Yeah, we should. Unless what? Uh, Unless what? But, Unless you want to edit it, more, more but, audio? Uh, but, but there was a thing that you were like, we should talk about at the end, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Was there a thing we were no, supposed to talk about at the end? No, we should just end. Let's stop now. All right. Say goodbye. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Oh, yeah, feelies. That's awkward. <laughs> it's just weird. And Bye. Stop. <laughs>